your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for keeping us, oh God, when we don't even know we're being kept. We thank you and praise you for moving all the obstacles out of our way, Father. In the name of Jesus, I ask that you would anoint the ears and open the hearts of each and every person under the sound of my voice. And God, even those that may be looking right now on, on Facebook or on the, on, the, on, the, on the phone, God, we just, ah, we ask you to just anoint them, oh God, so that they can hear. Remove the cobwebs out of their ears, oh God, and open their hearts so that they can receive, understand, retain, and apply this word to their lives. I ask that you would help me, Holy Spirit, to make preaching easy. Help me, God, as I decrease that you would increase in me. Father, I thank you and I praise you for giving me this opportunity to stand before my sisters and brothers in the name of Jesus, God. Have your way, oh God. And have your way in our lives. We surrender to you afresh this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're ready for the word, you can give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you for fresh anointing, God. I thank you, God. Ah, yes, God. Thank you for fresh anointing. Ah, I've been asking God all week. I said, God, you got to anoint me because i got to bring this message like you gave it to me. Ah, without the anointing, you're just making a lot of noise. Amen. And I don't want to do that. So for those of you that weren't here last week, we, we talked about part one of what is revival. And I'm going to recap on some things, but this week we're going to talk about the, the problem that prevents revival. But I just want to recap on some things that I'm going to be reading from the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 64. I'm going to read the whole um, 12 uh, verses tonight. It's, kind of, it's not that long. It's only 12 verses. Last week we talked about uh, verses 1 through 6. Isaiah 64, 1 through 6. This week we're going to talk about 7 through 12. But we are going to, I'm going to read 64, 1. And then we're going to go through the whole thing so that you can get the essence of what God is saying to us. I want to give it to you like he gave it to me. Amen. Hallelujah. The word of God says, oh, that you would rend the heavens. That you would come down, that the mountain might shake at your presence as fire burns bulrush, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down. The mountain should shook at your presence, for since the beginning of the world, uh, men have not heard nor perceived by ear, nor has the eye seen any God beside you who acts for the one who wants, who waits on for him. You meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry, for we have sinned. In these says we continue. And we need to be saved. But we are like all unclean things. And all of our righteousness, all of our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And there is no one who calls on your name. You, who stirs himself up to take hold of you? For you have.
have hidden your face from us and have consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. And you are the potter and all and, and all we are the works of your hands. Do not be furious, O oh Lord, nor remember iniquity forever. Indeed, please look, we are all your people. Your holy cities are wilderness. Zion is a wilderness. Jerusalem is desolation. Our holy and beautiful temple where our fathers praise you is, is burned up with fire and all our pleasant things are laid waste. Will you restrain yourself because of these things, O Lord? Will you hold your peace and afflict us very severely? So, we're going to talk about, I'm just going to recap on some things that I mentioned last week. See, I said last week, and I'm going to repeat myself, revival. We're all saying that church needs to be revived, but we forget that we are the church. Revival starts with you. Amen. Revival should be every morning. <clears throat> Excuse Amen. me. This morning, this morning, I'm saying this because it's true. This morning, for one thing about me, I can't speak for anybody else, but when I do my devotion in the morning, I don't do God a little dab because a little dab won't do in these days. Amen. It's nothing wrong with reading the daily bread. But we got to spend some time in the word of God. And the reason why we are not reviving our soul is because we think that we can tip God. We think that we can just come and, oh, I'm going to read a few scriptures. And we might say, well, somebody else is not even reading. But that's not, that's them. You have your own relationship with God. We cannot be tipping God. Some people tip God in their finances. Some people tip God in, Hallelujah battery. Anyway, I'm not going to let that stop. Some people tip God in all kinds of ways, but we need to make sure that we don't just tip God. We got to make sure that when we come before God, we got to pray before we open this word. Amen. We got to pray before we worship. Mm -hmm. We got to pray before we pray. Some of us go up and it's like sister, sister, sister Janet just said, she's a soul winner. Because when you're going to go out and, 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 and do ministry, you pray that God will draw the people first before yes. you yes. go. Uh -huh. We need to understand that revival got to start with us. Yes. It doesn't start in the church. We are the church. Yes. And until we come to that place where we remember, where we recognize who we are, glory be to God, the, the, the song that we sang earlier, it says, I know just who I, I am. God says, I know who I am. He says he know where I'm at. We need to make sure that we recognize that it's not time to play church. It's not time to play church, people of God. We got to make sure that we get it right so that when we go out there and minister to somebody else, we are ready. Amen. Revival starts with you. So today, as I said, in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 1, it says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. When we walk into somewhere, wherever we're going, there should be a difference. Amen. There should be a difference. Why? Because the spirit of living 
Europeans out there that don't know God, and we got to make sure that we are prepared. I always say these people say, you know, they think that they can come before God any kind of way and thank God for Jesus. Amen. But if you're going on an interview, you're going to get your hair done. You're going to make, if you wear a beard, you're going to make sure your beard is in order. If you're a man and if you're a woman, you're going to get your hair done. You're going to put on a little lipstick. You're going to make sure that you look good for that interview. Why do we think that we can come before God any kind of way? I'll never forget this when I was reading the book of, of, uh, 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 of Genesis. And the Bible says, glory be to God. The Bible says, when they sent and called Joseph to come before Pharaoh, the Bible says Joseph shaved and he changed his clothes. He was coming before the king. We think that because we're at home in our little bedroom or wherever we meet God, if we do meet him every morning, that we can come. No, you've got to spend some time with God and get yourself ready because you need to make sure that revival starts with you. You should feel the presence of God every time you speak to him. Amen. All the time. It shouldn't be a hit and miss situation. No. No. Sometimes we forget that the Spirit of God is living on the inside of us if, if we say we're saved. If we really said yes to Jesus with our hearts and not just with our lips. Revival starts with you. But also, repentance brings revival. If we walk around with anger, outbursts of wrath, we are uh, 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 covetous and we are hateful, and we're doing things that is displeasing, do you think God is going to visit with you? I don't think so. Repentance is what brings revival. If we walk around with what it says in, in, in Galatians chapter uh, 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 5 and verse um, uh, 18, let, let's look at that. Galatians chapter 5, and these are the things that why God is not going to visit you, because these things are not pleasing to him. Galatians chapter 5, look what it says. It says, first of all, it says, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh, if we operate in the works of the flesh, Galatians 5 and verse 19, are which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresy, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelry, and the like of which I tell you before, just as I told you in that time, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom. Those who practice those things do not expect God to show up for you. If you are in that place, don't expect God to show up for you. Which means that we must make sure that, I don't know about anybody else, but I try to repent before I go to sleep, just in case I don't wake up in the morning. <laughs> and I try to repent when I wake up in the morning, just because, just in case I, 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 I had some dream that wasn't good, amen? Because we don't understand, like I said earlier today, we got to remember that when we go to sleep, we don't know what takes place. We are sleeping. And God 
son is the one that's keeping us. So we got to repent when we wake up in the morning. Repent at night. Repent when you wake up in the morning. And so my, my point to you tonight is this. That we need to come to that place where revival starts, but it starts with us. And so, my second part of this message, the problem that prevents revival. In these, like I said, we are corrupted by our sins. We are all like unclean things and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. All fade as leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. What am I saying? You know, the two men that went to the temple to pray, one said, Lord, I'm not like other men. I give my tithes. I pray every day. I do this and I do that. And then the man on the other side said, Lord, be merciful to me a sinner. Be merciful to me a sinner. See, we got to make sure that we don't walk around high-minded. High-minded. No. We got to make sure. Because when we come to church, we put on our self-righteous garment. If somebody don't look like you and I, we don't even want to talk to them. We think we're all of that in a bag of chips and God has said no. If it wasn't for me, if it wasn't for my son Jesus, if it wasn't for what he did at Calvary, he would still be in your sins. And that's why it says, I don't care how much money you give, Queen Elizabeth. I don't care who you are, Prince Philip. I don't care who you are, President Biden. I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter how much you give. It doesn't matter who you are. Pope Francis, I don't care who you are. You are not the vicar between God and man. Come on the now. The man Christ Jesus is. Yes. yes. We don't care. If you don't accept Jesus Christ, you're going to burn in hell. Amen. Now, I know people don't like when I say that, but somebody got to preach hell back in the Bible. Somebody got to talk about hell. We need to stop preaching hell. Out of the Bible, Jesus talked about hell a whole lot. Until we come to the place where we get people in a place where they realize that, hey, we're all sinners saved by grace and thank God for the grace of God. But, but if we are conscious and we understand that it doesn't matter who we are, the Bible, Jesus said, Jesus told him, said, unless your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you have no place. So what am I saying? I'm saying that when we put on our fancy garment and we, we come to church looking good and we have a haughtiness and pride and we try to cover ourselves with the very thing that defiles us, our righteousness, our own righteousness, no, we have to walk in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When leaves begin to turn yellow and brown, they fade and they fall away. We are just like them. And that's why it talks about that. In, in, in it, it says right here in, in verse uh, uh, 7, and, and there is no one who calls on your name who stirs himself up to take hold of you for you have hidden your face from us and have 
consumed us because of our iniquities. We do not understand. We live in a sinful nature. Amen. However, if you walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, you have power over that sinful nature. We understand that our nature by itself, Paul says, there's no good in me. Amen. No good in me. But if we understand and if we take the word of God at faith value, if we do not take this word as a smorgasbord, I want this, but that's not for me. Oh, that's for you. Oh, that's not for me. No. We've got to take it and take it on. What did the Bible says? He said in Exodus chapter 12, he said, kill the animal, keep it until the 14th day, kill it, roast it, and what did he say? Eat all of it. Yes. All of it. Don't leave none, and if there was any left over until the next day, you'll burn it. You gotta eat the whole thing. The whole thing. You can't take this as smugglers and this is what's wrong. And that's why there is no fire in the churches. That's why there is no power in the churches. No power. Because everybody's doing their own thing. Like they did in the book of Judges. The Bible said every man was doing what he thought was right in his own sight. No, we can't do that. We've got to come together and understand that this is the word of God. I tell people all the time, you have to choose to believe that this is the word of God. It is a choice that you make. You know, people say, why do, do good things, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? Because, hey, God made all of us and he gave all of us freedom. He gave us a free will. But guess what? Free will will cost you. Free will cost you. It will cost you because you have a choice. You have a choice. And so I'm saying all of this as to say, we need to make sure that we understand what the word of God is telling us. We cannot walk around in self-righteousness because it's going to cause us depravity. See, the Bible tells us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. People look at me all the time and they say, Every time I see you're smiling, how come you never get sick? Or how come you never have a problem? I said, I have a problem, but you can't help me, so I take it to the Lord in prayer. We all are human. When I have a problem, I take it to the Lord in prayer. That's the person that can fix my problems, amen? But I'm just saying that people, people, people understand. Sometimes you do need to talk to somebody, yes, but you take it to the Lord in prayer. And so today, my, my job for, for this, this ministry is to make sure that I encourage people to not be complacent in their sins. Do not be complacent in their sins. When I'm taking authority in the mornings, I address the spirit of complacency. I bind up the spirit of lethargicness. I bind up the slothful spirit. Why? Because God has given me the power and the authority to do so. So I address these devils that's going to slow me down. I don't want to be complacent. No. 
we got to make sure that we understand because the enemy is not going to use something he needs to you put every obstacle in your way and so then you can't function like you need to. We got to make sure that we understand. We got to stir. The Bible says in Jude verse 20 and I want to go there for a second. Jude verse 20. It's only one chapter in Jude verse 20. Look what it says. verse 20. It says it says but you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost. I told my little I called her my daughter the other day when uh, right before when we were having our lessons when I was getting ready to ordain her I said listen to me I need you to pray in the Holy Ghost every day. Not every other day, every day. I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost every day. You need to build up your spirit, man. Glory be to God. And I was on her line this week, and I mean she was praying up a storm, and she preached a message, and I could hear, and I felt so good because I remember I used to pray with her. I used to call her and pray with her because sometimes that's what we have to do. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. And so when you see your friend not doing things that they need to do, you got to help them. But you got to keep yourself in a place where you can help somebody. We've got to help one another with this thing called Christianity. I always say if Christianity was easy, everybody would be doing it. Everybody would be doing it. But no, it's not easy. Dr. R.A. Torrey said, I have a theory that there is not a church, chapel, or mission on earth where you cannot have revival. You provide there a little nucleus of faithful people who will hold on unto God until he comes down. First, let a few Christians come together. Second, let them bind themselves together in prayer. And third, let them put themselves at the disposal of the Holy Ghost. Let them put themselves at the disposal of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because he's the one that's going to stir you. And I say this, and I say this to everybody. If you are not filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to ask God for that gift. Why? I, I remember one time these people came to my business and they said, uh, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? And I said, why? Well, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you're not going to heaven. I said, get out of my place. I said, because that's erroneous doctrine. No. The thief on the cross was not filled with the Holy Ghost. And he went to heaven. However, Jesus said to the apostles, tarry here in Jerusalem until you endure with the power from on high. What is the power from on high? I call it my AK-47. Sometimes you don't know how to pray and you don't know what to pray and you don't feel like praying but if you start praying in the Holy Ghost I'm telling you all of a sudden you're going to feel something stir up inside of you and you're going to start praying glory be to God and the next thing you know you'll keep on praying and keep on praying anybody know what I'm talking about in here? anybody know what I'm talking about, we got to pray in the Holy Ghost. It is necessary. It is necessary. Praise be to God. So today, I'm not going to keep you very long, but I just want to encourage you. 
When you say you want God to rend the heavens for you, you want God to come down where you gotta prepare a place for him. We know this because he told Moses to build the tabernacle in Exodus and he told them to build it because I want to be among my people. God wants to be in your life. God wants to meet with you every day, but you got to prepare yourself to meet with him when he comes. You got to have a special place where you meet with him every day. Hallelujah. And I tell people, I told a woman today, she said she want to get into ministry and she want to start doing the things of God. I said, then you got to be like Daniel. You got to pray three times a day. You got to read your Bible three times a day. You got to worship consistently. You got to continue. You got to say, have a place in your heart ready so that when God is ready to show up, he will show up. We got to set that place. We got to get to that place where when we read this Bible, the word has to raise up off of the... Anybody ever seen that? The way the word literally raise up off the pages? It's like you just said. You turn on the, the, the computer and God gave you a scripture because you was ready to receive. You see, a lot of us are not receiving. It's because we do not prepare ourselves. So... As I close, I want to encourage each and every person under the sound of my voice that we have to have a made-up mind. When we come before a sovereign God, we have to come with a made-up mind, people of God. We got to remember that he is sovereign. We got to remember that he spoke the word into existence. We got to remember that when he was, when, when Joshua was ready to cross the Jordan River, glory be to God, he showed up as the commander of the army of the Lord and he told Joshua, take your shoes off ah, because the place where you're standing is holy ground. So we knew who that was, amen. He will meet you if you are ready to meet him. And that's where revival will come. And when you come, because if you Bring revival. If, if, if these five people in your church come with that same spirit, revival will break out in the church. Amen. But enough people don't, they just come to receive. They don't bring nothing. We got to remember God's mercy. Do not be furious, Lord. Nor remember our iniquities forever indeed. Please look. We are all your people. That's what verse 9 says. We got to pray, oh God, have mercy. Don't keep your anger forever, Lord. We need you. We want you. We must have you. Right now, we need revival like never before because our country is in trouble. Our government is in trouble. Our churches is in trouble. I was listening to this program this evening and the man said, he said, what makes you think that God is going to relinquish his covenant with the Jews and what makes you think that your covenant is not wrong? And they answered him so sweet. He said he was Jewish. And he, the man said, look, all the bulls and all the goats, their blood could only cover your sins. But we have a better covenant because God says, in Isaiah 59 and verse 16, he said, I couldn't find no one, so I used my own right arm. You see, people, if they would understand the sovereignty of God, they would understand that God can do anything. Anything. And so, we just want to make sure, because people are going to begin, what's going to happen is once God begins to stir you, people will come to you for an answer. 
They will come to you because they're going to be looking at you. And because you are in the Word and because you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and because revival is going on in your heart, people will look at you and you're going to be walking through and it's just like nothing ain't going to touch you because you're covered under the shadow of the Almighty. He covers His people. He said He's going to keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Him. So when they see all of the disarray going on and you are having no problems, they come in to you for an answer. But do you have an answer for them? Do you have an answer? And that's why we must be prepared. So revival, we must remember that God's glory, God's glory is something that I remember when I was a young Christian, like maybe the first year, uh, I, was, I wasn't finished reading my Bible from cover to cover here, then I would hear people say, look at the glory, look at the glory, look at the glory. God's glory is to be seen. Amen. His glory is to be seen. And guess what? His glory is to be seen in us. Amen. In us. People need to see the glory of God in us. And until we get ourselves in a place where we allow the Spirit of God to be in us so strong, so when you walk in your church, when you come in, you are bringing that glory with you. You are bringing revival with you. Amen. And so today I'm going to close right now. But I just want to encourage each and every person that's listening to me, that you will be prepared so that the glory of God, that you can tap in. You want to tap into the presence of God. You want him to tear back them and you want the mountains to melt at his presence. You want to be so full of the Holy Ghost that when you walk into somewhere, there's going to be a shift in the atmosphere. There's going to be a shift. You need the fire of God to show up and show up. God says he's left us with his spirit and he's expecting us to allow him to glorify himself in us. Amen. So God bless you and I pray that you receive something. If you did, would you give the Lord a hand clap?